So there. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. So there. So there. So there. Let me know your thoughts. Why do you keep saying let us know your thoughts? Let me know your thoughts to me is a nice lead-in for So There. So There. Welcome to episode five of So There. This is Tom Karamitis. And I'm Gary Doyle of the Kramer Crassalt Company. Tom Karamitis, by the way, works for the Streets and Sanitation Department of the city of Chicago, Absolutely. in case you were wondering. Absolutely. That gives me my unique perspective. Two more years, and Tom will have a pension, and he'll be paid 80% of his salary for the rest <laughs> of his life, and that's his reward for picking up your garbage and plowing your streets, Chicago. And speaking of garbage, I, I assume you all are still basking in the afterglow of last week's episode, Meat Boat. There's a thin line between basking in the afterglow and recovering from the aftershock. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we, uh, you know, before we recorded the Meat Boat episode, we did some analytics. And I think our listenership was right around 3.2 million listeners uh, following the Meat Boat episode. It dropped to about uh, 14. Or 3.2. <laughs> it dropped to 3.2 listeners. So uh, for those of you who hung in after Meat Boat, uh, thank you. And we also would identify this being episode five as perhaps the, uh, the bounce back, the rebound episode. Uh, as, as Gary Doyle and Tom Caramonis get back to the roots, all right? Just facing each other off, mano a mano, in a so there, duel to the death. Talking about, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, but we're going to talk about some, probably some inexplicable human behavior. Uh, uh, perhaps... Uh, Perhaps make light of things we've talked about in past So There's in a feature we call So There Redux. And we'll end the show with I Wonder Why. Before we kick things off, just a reminder, you can reach us uh, at there at yahoo.com. And uh, we've had so far one email sent to that address, and we will read that later in the show. What's on my mind today is uh, the alternate reality that, that, that television and, and commercials, television programs and commercials will sometimes offer up. There are things you see in commercials and on television programs that you really don't see anywhere else in real life. And I would like to give you uh, a couple of examples. The, the one example from commercials that I always think of is only in commercials do people enjoy getting rained on. All right, there's a certain commercial joy that people feel. They're running through fountains, through the old city fountain, or they're running in the rain and they seem to enjoy it. I know right now there's a commercial for uh, an ED thing at Cialis or something, and there's a couple just loving being rained on. I don't know of any person, I've never been with anybody that actually ever enjoyed being rained on. So that, that's one thing. The, the other two things for me come from the world of TV, and this might just be my own lack of, of, of experience, <clears throat> but I've been to probably 75, maybe 50 weddings in my lifetime, probably as a guest, all right? Never once have I ever heard the, the officiator or the minister or the priest at the, at the front of the church saying, if there's anyone present who does not approve of this union, let them speak now or forever hold their peace. <coughs> that has become such a TV sitcom 
springboard cliche that I just and and they still do it. I, I don't and maybe get when I turn this over to Gary, maybe he can can enlighten me and if that's actually a part of an actual ceremony. I've I've never heard that. Uh, and and much much in that same spirit, crime dramas that take place in courtrooms. There's always the the read of the verdict always goes like this. We the jury find the defendant guilty. There is always this dramatic pause done for the camera. Once again, never happens in real life. And I just find it a cliche and kind of silly, and they do it over and over again. So there. Well, you've thrown a lot at me. I, I'm, I'm tracking with commercials, uh, commercial uh, 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 behaviors, uh, movie behaviors, and sitcom behaviors um, let me tackle uh, commercials there's there's some other things you see in commercials that you don't see um, uh, people that that if there's a commercial between a father and a son uh, the father will call his son 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 let's go to the baseball game today son have a lemonade. You know, nobody in real life ever calls their son son. Uh, if if you do, I think there's something wrong with you. So that that's something that that uh, that you see in commercials. It doesn't really happen in real life. I think another thing that happens in commercials that doesn't really happen in real life is you hear at the end of a lot of commercials, tell them such and such sent you. Like it'll be a commercial for a mattress or something, and then the the athlete at the end of the spot will say. Tell them Mike Singletary sent you. And and uh, whoever walks into the mattress store and says, Hey, um, yeah, Mike Singletary sent me. That's why I'm here today. Not here because uh, you have a good deal or because it's uh, President's Day. or No, it's because Mike Singletary sent me. So that's something that I think that you never see in uh, commercials. In terms, of, in terms of weddings, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that's not really... I guess that's not really a part of the ceremony, um, you know. Um, I think uh, some ceremonies I've been to, perhaps it should have been, and uh, and they should not have gotten married. Somebody should have spoken their piece. But no, I, I, that is true. I uh, I don't know that that I've ever seen that in an actual uh, wedding ceremony. So there. I got nothing else. All right, that's. Usually, I would at this point respond to something outrageous that Gary Doyle had said, but I, uh, in this rare case, I agree with everything he said. So there. I'd like to talk about um, elevator irritants. We've all ridden elevators. Uh, I do several times a day. I think most of you do. Um, and uh, and I've noticed some elevator behavior uh, that I think bears uh, bears mentioning. So uh, you know, there's the person who the door's about to shut, and somebody jams their door their their arm in there at the last minute to stop the doors from closing. They jam their arm in there, right? And uh, like there's not going to be 16 other elevators coming uh, after this elevator door shut. So that's a uh, that's an elevator irritant. I find there's some people too on elevators that you sense want to talk to you. So, you know, you get on the elevator and maybe it's just you and them. 
and you know maybe you're looking at your phone or you're looking at the captivate screen or something you don't really want to talk but you sense they want to talk to you and then finally they do talk to you finally they say hot out isn't it right but you just sensed you sensed they wanted to talk to you so uh, 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 I, I think that's a elevator uh, irritant I'll, I'll end on one thing that 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 I've been known to do well there's actually several elevator gambits to help you kind of uh, you know in, influence the elevator and cause it to go your way so there's the let's say you don't the, the person rushing for the elevator it's about to stick his arm in that I just mentioned you know a good gambit is to pretend like you're gonna punch that door to keep it open you know pretend pretend to punch the open door button so it's a big lunge you do a big theatrical lunge like oh let me get that oh, I'm sorry and the door shuts but you make a big show out of yeah I was trying to get the door for you um, so that's a good uh, elevator gambit when you really just want the door to shut another one a little tip for you all maybe you're not aware of this but after you get on the elevator if you want to uh, trick the elevator door into shutting you jump up and down so by jumping up and down it makes the elevator think that more people have gotten on the elevator and it's time to go so that's a little elevator irritation and also a little elevator gambit that you can practice at home so there I don't uh, I don't agree with the jumping up and down thing I think that might have been a Gary Doyle happy accident that happened once and he decided that was a uh, that was a feature of the the elevator uh, uh, artificial intelligence system I I don't think that's I don't think that's true I uh, and maybe we should do a, a separate kind of road trip test for that um, I will say though that a um, couple quick elevator things uh, <clears throat> I find it really irritating uh, f when there's a person inside the elevator and they're having they're wrapping up a conversation with somebody who's not in the elevator and they're talking and then as the door closes their voice is entirely too loud for the elevator because they're still trying to project to the person out there. So then, they, they, then you kind of resent them. You resent them even more than you did before. So that's, I, I think all conversations should cease before someone steps into the elevator. That's, that's, that's my personal point of view. I do find that one of Tom Karamaitis' most irrational fears is based on an elevator. I have a fear of the moment I cross the threshold into or out of the elevator, the cable's gonna snap and it's gonna shear me in half bodily from head to foot. That's, uh, I, that still goes through my mind when I enter an elevator. Gory sight, I know. So there. That reminds me of my irrational fear of being thrown off the Michigan Avenue Bridge in the middle of January on a 10 degree day into the Chicago River by a homeless person. I have that irrational fear. I think we should do a whole uh, a whole section one of these days on irrational fears. I've I've got many of them. It's amazing I made it into work today. You regular listeners know that when we sometimes we revisit a topic from a, a previous a previous uh, podcast and and uh, we call it so there redux. And um, Gary mentioned something when he did our, our section on terrible lyric writing. Um, he mentioned a Steve Miller song called Abracadabra, and it occurred to me last night that Steve Miller might be in the Hall of Fame for bad lyric writing. And um, I would like to point out a song that was a huge hit of his called Take the Money and Run. 
twice in the same song, and I'll play these sections for you, but twice in the same song, uh, Steve runs into the dilemma of rhyme versus tense. And in each case, he goes with rhyme. Okay, uh, so I'll play you this first section. So uh, you might have heard the lyric, Billy Joe shot a man while robbing his castle. Bobby Sue took the money and run. Uh, it's just, it, it, it just defies how they left, how he, he allowed himself to leave that lyric. And, and I, you know, I, the song is called Take the Money and Run, but Bobby Sue took the money and run. Okay, obviously you could say Bobby Sue took the money and ran, but that's not the name of the song. I don't know what the quick answer is, but take, took the money and run to me is not a good answer. The, the other lyric is from two verses down. Billy Mac is a detective down in Texas. You know he knows just exactly what the facts is. And what you just heard was Billy Mac is a detective down in Texas. You know he knows just exactly what the facts is. Okay, so he decided to rhyme facts is with Texas, which is you know, borderline. But then once again, you know he knows just exactly what the facts is. It would, should be what the facts are, but that wouldn't rhyme. So again, Mr. Miller fought a battle with himself and he lost that battle. You know Steve Miller speaks of the pompatus of love. <laughs> yeah, that could be an Don't you? Yes. Yes, from a movie, right? That 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 line, which I think has been researched and googled, was appeared, I thought, in a movie somewhere, and that's where he got it from. Oh, I didn't know that. Maybe our listeners can write to so there at yahoo.com and give us the background for pompous of love. Good mention of that. Um, uh, speaking of so there, uh, I think we received an email. Uh, we, we've probably received hundreds, but 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 we've only had the chance to check it uh, once today, and and we received an email, and uh, I'd like to share it with you right now. I I think this might be indicative of of our uh, of the opinion of our fan base, especially coming off the meat boat episode. But let me uh, read it. This is uh, dated uh, uh, today, nine forty eight a.m. Dear Gary and Tom. Why I continue listening to this putrid drivel is beyond me. I will admit the Meat Boat episode had a naive, if not accidental, charm. But the other episodes present me with their grim reality that I've just lost an hour of my life, 20 minutes at a time. So there, so what? From PR, P period R period in Chicago. Yeah, that's... It's nit. It's <laughs> nitpicking. It's nitpicking, isn't it? It's nitpicking. Well, and you know what they say. Well, I, I won't say anything disparaging. I, I appreciate PR taking the the time to write to us at so there. Our feelings are not hurt. Admittedly, perhaps at the moment, our tails are between our legs a little bit, but we shall rise above it because we're professionals. Keep the letters coming at so there at yahoo.com.
And now we move into, I wonder why. I wonder why you rarely see dead pigeons. There are so many pigeons in the city, surely they must die. I have no idea where they go to die. I wonder why men spit on the sidewalk more in public than women. I don't know that I've ever seen a woman spit on the sidewalk, and yet men do it frequently. I wonder why Gary Doyle won't let me use the great stinger I came up with for this section of the show called I Wonder Why. I wonder why. I think it's clever, personally. Gary Doyle thinks we're getting into a, a period of stinger confusion, perhaps. Please send your comments on that stinger to so there at yahoo.com. I wonder why, and I don't want to offend any of our female listeners out there. I think I'm treading on thin ice here, but I wonder why high-waisted mom jeans are back in style. They're back in style. The ones that were big in the 90s, the high-waisted ones that come way up on your waist, and, and they, then they went out, and now everybody's wearing them. Let me tell you something about, about women's fashion and men, all right, in general. Uh, as a man, uh, it's, I find, a lot of times I find, uh, like, a woman will come into work and her hair will look completely different, different than I've ever seen it before. But I hold my tongue because you never know if that was an intentional and an expensive hair thing they did or it was just a, a function of a really humid day and, and a rain shower. So I, I don't pretend to know anything about what is in fashion or out of fashion, as you can tell by looking at me. I just think it's, it's a bit of a slippery slope. Well, that's why women hate Gary Doyle, especially women who wear high-waisted mom jeans. And, and, and women, in fact, not just women, but people like Tom Karamitis more than Gary Doyle. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. Depends on the day. Tom Karamitis just tends to be more conflict-avoidant. Gary Doyle embraces conflict. So until next time, we hope you enjoyed this highly forgettable episode of so, so there! there.